0: Tonight, uh, you'll see on your outline that the the title of this message is called Take My Fire. And I titled it that because um, there's a song by Switchfoot. Um, Anyone know Switchfoot? A couple of you. Uh, There's a song called Take My Fire, and it's a great song. Um, But this song, uh, it talks about the idea that it says you're never going to take my fire. Um, And so tonight, I want us to talk about that. Tonight I want us to, to, to see, we're going to look at the life of Daniel. We're going to see a story. You heard about um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to look about uh, a little bit later in Daniel chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Daniel chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back. Uh, grab one because it's not on the screen, so you'll need your Bible. Um, Daniel chapter 6, it's not that one. Um, turn to Daniel chapter 6, uh, but again, we're just going to talk about how uh, man we should we should uh, we can recognize that nothing can ever take our fire, so i 've got a few um candles here, and I thought um, that we would light some of these things. you guys like candles i don 't like candles, I think they 're too smelly for me i don 't know i can 't do smelly stuff, so i don 't know anyway all right so i 've got a few candles here uh, the this one 's vanilla i think I think this one 's um what is it, Hunter? Like, uh, I, I think it's like strawberry shortcake or something. I don't know. Anyway, someone else can guess later. Maybe you'll smell it when I light them. Um, but I was, thinking about, uh, the, the, I was thinking about fire, the idea of fire. And the fire, this fire that I'm going to light right here, uh, I'm going to light all these if they end up lighting. Um, this fire represents us, okay? It represents us. It represents our passions, our desires, um, the way that we look at ourselves, Right, this fire is going to represent us tonight. Come on, here we go. Maybe I'm not good at lighting candles, because I never do it. Um, so, th- this fire is going to represent us tonight, and it's going to represent the way that we see ourselves. Um, again, our passions, our desires, our drive, um, our relationship with Jesus. Okay, and so this fire represents us. Now, there's a few things that can be that can put out a candle. Right, there's a few things that can put out fire, and there's a few things that can put out our fire. When, when, we, when we put out a, a fire, when we put out a candle, I'm gonna try to do this before it melts too much, um, okay, we can put a cup over a candle, right? And, and it, what happens? It, it dies. Why does it die? Because there's no oxygen, right? You guys maybe did this in your science class. There's no oxygen. You're suffocating the fire. The fire needs oxygen to be able to, to, to stay lit, right? And so, and so the, that got really hot. Uh, the, so the fire gets suffocated. And sometimes we, we get suffocated by what's going on around us. We get suffocated by the negative thoughts that pop in our head, by the negative things that are said about us or said to us, by the negative circumstances around us, right? We get flooded with these thoughts of, I'm not good enough, or, or I don't look like that person, right? We get, we get flooded with these negative things, suffocated by negative thoughts, and that can put out. Our fire. Another one. Another way to put out a fire is we we can put it. I'm going to try not to burn myself. If we put a fire, if we put a candle in water, what's it going to do? Is it going to stay lit? That we don't need science for this one, right? It's going to go out. Okay. So if I put it, it went out. Right. The fire went out. Now sometimes the fire gets drowned. Now the fire gets drowned. Sometimes we get drowned by. Is it drowned or drowned? Drowned, <laughs> but I'm not gonna trust you, Tomas, because you're not the most trustworthy person when it comes to words, grammar. It's drowned. Okay, I trust you, Hunter. We get drowned by the temptation that's around us. We get drowned by the unfairness, the, the, the things that are going on around the circumstances. We see we see negative things happening in the world. We see that we see the the, the unfair, the injustice happening in the world around us. And we 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 drown. We feel like we're drowning. And our fire can go out. We get, we, we, we drown in the loss that's around us, in the grief, in the pain that we face. And we, and we, we drown. The last one is a pretty obvious one. We do this on our birthdays. This one, I'm not going to spill the wax because it's going to burn if that, that's going to hurt. no. We do this on birthday, at birthday parties all the time, right? What do we do? With the candle, we blow the candle out, right? Ooh, it's not as hot as I thought, but it's gonna dry on my fingers. Uh, So we blow the candle out. See, sometimes, sometimes we get blown around, blown around by doubt, by fear, by unstable truth in the world. There's There's a lot of people out there that are trying to speak these truths to us. This this relative truth that you can believe whatever you want. That truth is unstable. And that's not the truth. The truth is in Jesus. And so when we start to believe this, man, we can get blown around and our fire can get blown out. We can get blown around by the doubts, by the fear, by the temptation that hits us. And so we get suffocated we can drown or we can get blown blown around this last one i'm going to leave lit and we're going to come back to it later if it doesn't melt over place but man there's those we can get we can get suffocated we can drown and we can get blown away by the world around us but tonight i want us to look at the story of daniel and i want us to see how when, when, when life hits us, when we get hit with a boulder, when we get hit with temptation, with a wall in front of us, that we can declare, you're never going to take my fire because we have a God who is bigger than anything we can face. And so Daniel Daniel chapter six, I told you to turn to Daniel chapter six. Daniel, uh, Daniel at this point in chapter six was an old man. Okay. He started out, he, he was a foreigner. He, he was taken captive. Okay. He was in his, his own land doing it, minding his own business. And all of a sudden these, the Babylonian people, they come in and they take him, take him from his home and they take him into their place, their kingdom. And they start speaking that they start trying to indoctrinate him with their culture and say, listen, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that, you, you got to eat these certain foods, you got to wear this, these certain clothes, they even change his name. And they try to get him to, 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 to change, they try to get him to waver. But all throughout his life, Daniel doesn't move. And we get the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like you heard earlier, how they, how they didn't stop, no matter the fact that they were thrown into a fire, how they didn't, they didn't bow down and worship the king, but they worshiped. God. And because of that, God was with him in the fire. Daniel had a similar situation happen to him. Daniel had so many opportunities to be suffocated, to be drowned, to be blown around by the things going on around him. And yet he stayed faithful. And we're going to look at why. So Daniel chapter 6, God was with him, Daniel had, uh, God was with him. We know God was with him because Daniel had worked his way up, okay? And so he, at this point, he was like almost second in command to the king. He was, he was an old man. He was almost second in command. So the way that it worked back then was, was there was the king. The way the king did it, he, there was the king, okay? Then there was three people underneath him. And then there was 120 like governor people, that, and then there was just all the people, okay? So you see how, kind of how the like, ladder goes? There's the king, three people, 120, all the people. Daniel was one of the three people, okay? And the king wanted to make him second in command. The king wanted to even move him up to where he was. So the king liked him. Because Daniel was faithful, God provided and made, allowed him to work his way up, okay? So this is where Daniel's at. So there's the, the king, the three people, 120, all the people, okay? Daniel chapter six, we're gonna start reading in verse... 4, if you got your Bibles, verse 4, it says this, the administrators and satraps, those were the, the, the three pe- the, the other two people with Daniel, and then the 120, okay, the administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was found in him. So, so the, these people, the people that are working with Daniel, the people that are working under Daniel, they didn't like him very much, okay? And so they tried to tra- find a charge against him. They were jealous of Daniel, and so they tried to find something that's wrong with him. But the Bible says that they couldn't find anything. That he was so trustworthy and compliant and, and faithful to the king and faithful to God that they couldn't find anything wrong with him. If we keep reading in verse 5, it says, then these, men, then these men said, We will never find any charge against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So the people are saying, listen, we, we, we're jealous of Daniel. We don't like Daniel. So we want to find something that can get him killed or thrown out or whatever. Something that is breaking the law. And so they, they they search, they they watch Daniel and they can't find anything. He's too trustworthy. And the only thing they can find is that he's too faithful to God. Isn't that a wouldn't that be a great thing to be accused of? That you're too faithful to God. Would your friends say that about you? If your friends looked at you, would they find corruption or would they find trust? would your friends be able to look at you and say the only problem with him is that he's too faithful to his God? That's a great problem to have. And so Daniel, the only problem they could find was that he was too faithful to God. Verse six, it says, the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, may King Darius live forever. And the administrators of the kingdom, the, perfect, uh, the perfects, the satraps, advisors, governors, have all agreed that the kingdom, that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days anyone who petitions any god or man except you the king will be thrown into the lion's den therefore your majesty established the edict and signed the documents so that as the law of Medes and Persians it is irrevocable and cannot be changed so the king Darius signed the written edict now do you see what they did you see what happened they they it, they were they were coming up with this this plan, right? to to trap Daniel. They said the only problem with Daniel is that he's too faithful to God. So let's trap him in that. And so they go to the king and they and they butter him up, right? They're like, "King, you are so good. We love you. You're so great, right? Your hair's looking great today, right? You got the like blue, yeah, that's right. You got the blue highlights in there, right? And so they're like buttering them up and they're like, listen, you're so good, you're so great. I think for 30 days, everyone should bow down to you. And if someone's found that's not bowing down to you, they should be thrown in the lion's den. They should be thrown in a lion's den. So they're saying, like, if if, if someone's found not worshiping you, but worshiping someone or something else, then they should be killed. And so King is like, well, yeah, I kind of like when people, like, worship me and bow down to me. So, sure, why not? And so he does it. He He signs the law, not knowing that they're trying to trap Daniel, the person he liked. Verse 10, let's see how Daniel responds. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in his upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, he got down on his knees. Three times a day, he got down on his knees. He prayed and gave thanks to God just as he had done before. Daniel, the, the first thing he does is the thing he always did. Goes and runs to God. His response in the midst of fear in the midst of doubt, of questions, as he runs to God, he gets down on his knees. And he thanks God. And he spends time with God. He continues as usual. You know, it, it says that, that just as, all, as he had always done. This wasn't some reaction that Daniel had. This was something that he had always done. Guys, how many of us when, when when circumstances, when when life it gets hard, when life gets crazy, when we're confused, how how many of us like the first thing to go is our relationship with God? The first thing to go is our time that we spend with God. We might be doing good, we might be spending time in the world, we might be praying, we might be talking to God, we might be coming to church. But but when life gets crazy, for a lot of us, the first thing to go spending time with him. But not for Daniel. He ran to God. He got down on his knees. And he spent time with God. But it doesn't stop. Daniel still gets in trouble. Verse 11. It says, Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring to his God. So they knew that this was going to happen. They knew that Daniel was going to do this. Because remember, the only thing wrong with Daniel was that he was too faithful to God. A good problem to have. Verse 12, so they, so they approached the king and asked about the edict. Hey, king, basically they say, hey, king, remember you signed this thing that says anyone that, right? They, they're like, hey, remember, you signed this. And then they say, hey, remember, no one can back out on this. You can't, you can't even change this. You signed it, which means you can't back out. And so they remind him of that before they tell him who it is. And so they, 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 they tell him, right, the verse, uh, verse 13, the king replied, uh, Daniel, no. They replied to the king. Daniel, one of the Judean ex, uh, exiles, has ignored you, and the edict, uh, has ignored you and the edict you signed for three day for three times a day. He's prayed. As soon as the king heard it, heard this, he was very displeased. He set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort to deliver him. Then these men went together to the king and said to him, "Look, your Majesty, you know that it is the law." that no edict or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. So they're like, listen, we know that you like Daniel, but you signed this, so you can't back out. So they're trapping him. Not even the king could, could save Daniel. So the king gave the order, and when, the lion, when, uh, when they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den, the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Notice it says that that the king, because of what he did, he did everything he could to try to stop this, to deliver him, to change it. But he couldn't, because he had signed it. And so when he throws him in, whatever, it's fine. It'll make a mess, but... When he throws him in, he puts, his, he puts his, his, his signet ring on it, right? To say, listen, no one can stop this. It's a way of saying, look, no one can stop this because I have signed it. It's fine, just leave it. Oh, it dried. It kind of looks cool. So the king says, look, no one can stop this, right? Right? No one, no, one, no one can stop what I've already done, what I've put in place. No one can save Daniel because I've put my sign, my signet ring on it. We'll see what happens next. Verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No, no diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. At, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king, said, uh, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Verse 21, then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions, and they haven't harmed me, for I was found innocent before him and also before you. Listen, God proves in this story that nothing is bigger than him. The king couldn't stop it. No one could stop Daniel. No one could, could deliver him from what he was going into. The king did everything he could. He put his seal on it so that no one could stop it. And yet God says, no, 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 no king. You think you're big? I'm bigger. And so God shuts the mouths of the lions. Then my favorite part later on, King was overjoyed, right? Blah blah blah. The king gave the command, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den. They, their, they, their children and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. That's like gruesome, right? But they get thrown into the lion's den. That's how shit just proves how hungry the lions were, right? I mean, I think about how hungry they were. And yet God says, listen, no lion, no king, no sign- nothing, no rock, nothing can get in the way of my power. There's nothing that can stop me. Nothing can take my fire. And God proves this. God showed up. He protected him. He delivered him. And so the king ends up proclaiming in Daniel chapter 6, verse 26 and 27. This is what's on your outline, and it'll be on the screen. It says, For he is the living God, the king says this, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel was faithful. He wasn't afraid that no matter what came at him, nothing was gonna take his fire because he knew that God was bigger. He knew and he declared and he was expectant of what God had promised him. You can write this in, your first filling. When the world is against us, God is for us. When the world is against us, God is for us. Daniel had everything against us. He was a foreigner. No one liked him. These people who worked with him they tried to trap him. They tried to kill him. Daniel remained faithful through all of it. No influence around him. No, no wall in the way. No, no storm coming at him. Nothing. Nothing could drown him. Nothing can blow him away. Nothing could suffocate Daniel. Because he could declare, nothing will take my fire because I have a God who is bigger and tonight, I want, us to ch- I, want to be, I want you guys to be challenged to declare the same thing, that when you have Jesus with you, nothing can take your fire. And when we, when we hear those voices of defeat, those voices of, of you're not good enough, those voices of, 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 man, you don't look like that person, or why do you have that such a big nose? Why do you have this, or why do you have that, right? When we hear those voices of defeat, We can declare, listen, nothing will take my fire. You cannot take my fire because I have a God that is bigger than anything you can throw at me. Listen, the reality of the gospel, of what Jesus did on the cross, Jesus died on the cross for you. He died, died. He was dead for three days and then he rose again. The reality of the resurrection, the fact that he defeated death, means that nothing can stop him. We sang about that. Nothing can stop him. And the Bible says that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in us. And so there's nothing that you can do, but it's all about what Jesus has already done for you. Romans eight thirty one. What shall we say about such wonderful things? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? I know there's some of us in here facing defeat, facing loss, facing thoughts of anxiety or depression. Listen, we can overcome these things. We can look these things in the face and say, you will never take my fire because we have a God who has defeated death. There's a few things that Daniel did, and and we're just going to walk through these three things. And be done. The first thing that Daniel did when, when he heard this storm coming at him is he, he went to God on his knees. So, the first thing that we need to do, it's not on your outline, but I want you to write it down, is go to God on your knees. Go to God on your knees. Listen, when the battle's coming at us, we end up saying, you know what, it's, it's God's battle. But the truth is, is that we worry so much that it becomes ours. We worry when we could just be worshiping the God who has already won. And so stop worrying and trust, surrender to him. Surrender your ability to do it. That's what Daniel was doing on his knees. Man, get in the habit of getting on your knees before God. Maybe you're not facing any of this stuff, the anxiety or the depression or the things that we talked about. Maybe you're not. Man, get in the habit now of going to God on your knees because when you do, that habit will help you. So go to God on your knees. Number two is thank God for what he's done and what he will do. Thank God for what he's done and what he will do. Daniel did this. He thanked God. Thank God for what he's done in the past and what he's gonna do in the future because that's what it means to be expectant and to trust that he is with you. We can be expectant that God is going to deliver us, that he's going to be with us and walk with us, that he's going to say that that, that his promises are true and that he will never fail. So go to God on your knees and recognizing that you can't do it, but he already has. And then give thanks. And the last one, this one's on your outline. Man, we can look the problem or the circumstance in the face and we can declare you're never going to take my fire. You're never going to take my fire. This last candle kind of made a mess. That's fine. We'll clean it up later. This last candle, it's going to keep burning until what? Until it runs out of wax, right? Or it runs out of like the wick. It's it's, going to keep burning until it runs out. But even this candle is limited. Guys, when, when, when we have our life built on something limited like this, we're going to burn out. But when our life is built on Jesus, on the foundation of what he's done for us, we will never burn out. Because we can look, we can look the problem in the face, and we can declare, you're never going to take my fire. I have a God who is bigger than anything you can throw at me. You're never going to take my fire. I want us to declare that in the face of temptation, in the face of loss, in the face of pain, in the face of anxiety and worry. Say it out loud if you have to. You're never going to take my fire. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. God, thank you uh, for the reality of your promises. God, the reality of your gospel, the truth that that we can declare that nothing, God, that when you are with us, nothing can stand against us. I pray that whatever we're facing, whatever we're looking at, whatever we're walking into, God, I pray that we would know that you're with us, that you're walking with us, that because you're with us, nothing can take our fire. Would we declare that? Would we declare that truth? Would we know it and would we live it out? We praise you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.